0: So on page 55 and 56, we talk about how when you're using the adventures of Super Stretch, it helps to refresh your body, quiet your mind, and brings happiness to the spirit, whether you are the student or the teacher. I put a quote in here by Marva Collins that the essence of teaching is to make learning contagious, to have one idea spark the other. What I really, really want to kind of say to you as teachers is remember that, especially with kids, this is practice and not perfect. We have to meet the body and everybody where they're at. Um, When I teach adults or I teach teacher trainers who are working with adults, I say that you have to watch the skeleton. And when you teach, you're watching bodies and really making sure that each pose is specific for each individual. Because everybody's having a different experience on the mat. When you're doing these fitness tools, you're offering structure and creating balance through interactivity for the kids, and you're doing a lot of storytelling, and so it doesn't have to be perfect, you're just practicing, and you're not um, into the pose so that you do look perfect, you're into the pose so that you're teaching them positivity and right thought, right speech. which, in turn, that right action leads to alignment in their life off the mat. We don't have to have expectations, especially with kids, for what we're doing. Um, So as tips to teachers, I try to tell you to create a fun space. Um, I like to set up in a semicircle or a circle. It works much better. Uh, But if you're in a facility or at a school and they're lined up and there's not enough room, then just keep them at the desks or keep them in their space. You want to work in at least one game or exercise for cooperation like we've been doing here because it really kind of switches the mind frame and sets the stage for something new. And ending class with relaxation is the key. We're following that outline or basic class structure or format from our flashcard deck and how to teach a class. If you're doing a longer class and you feel like you don't have enough things to fill in. Remember that there's art projects to do or you can do some kind of a um, really long visualization or music exercise. For the box of props, I brought some to share but there's all kinds of different things. You can have balls, straws, cotton balls, balloons, feathers, handkerchiefs, strings, ropes, blankets, jump ropes, even a bosu ball. Uh, When you're doing um, things with the flash cards, obviously that's all you really need, but you can also have musical instruments, stuffed animals. I bring a lot of fidget widgets, fidget widgets and silly putty. That works really well for the kids who are overly active. Um, if you don't have a tennis ball, you can get a lot of plastic balls at the bins at dollar stores or at your favorite um, shop that starts with a T. <laughs> You can roll this on your feet, or you can play catch with it. Another thing that works well, which we did today for a breathing exercise, was the bubbles, your Hoberman's fear, essential oils. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many things that you can do. Have I played silent ball with all of you? No. We're going to play silent ball. One of the things to do for a mindfulness exercise is to play silent ball, so we're all going to stand up. Silent ball is a great way to experience breathing and movement exercises and tap into awareness by focusing on being present. So balls like these are pretty inexpensive, you can get them anywhere. I also bring hula hoops to try hula hoops, those are great mindfulness awareness practices and movement practices. Um, What you can do with the ball is practice hand-eye coordination but you can also play silent ball. It's like dodgeball for yogis, so you're really nice to each other. You can't say anything with your eyes or your mouth, you can't move around, and you're trying to just be really, really present to the experience. So we're very quiet, and we play catch. (laughs) Okay, let's start again, (laughs) let's play catch. Okay, so we're real quiet, we're present, and we're attuned to breathing. Right? Okay, be honest. How many of you stop breathing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, in this game, it's an awareness practice for breath. So, now breathe as we play quote unquote catch. Mm-hmm. So, would you, do you cue them to like win the ball, get it gets thrown, you breathe in? Yeah, gets... you could. Or just let yourself create the rhythm, okay. but don't forget to breathe. <laughs> Yeah, because it's that expectation. Very good. So it's a good exercise and an example of how to just create presence even though we're playing a game and we're being interactive. But how hard was it not to laugh? Right? How hard was it not to like, we can go back to our spots. How hard was it not to like really kind of just lose it or, or, or be like to your neighbor, express it with your eyes. That's a great way to really play a game but be engaged. A teacher's role in the adventures of Super Stretch is to be a fun guide and coach, where you're teaching posture alignment, but you're not adjusting like with your hands like you do in an adult class where you watch bodies and touch bodies. This is more where you're like a listening friend and you're a presence for support. You're making sure that there's no pressure to be perfect and no pressure to compete. You're giving positive feedback and pointing out strengths. And you're not really disciplining, you're like just showing positive behavior traits. And with older children, you want to get them to know each other and work with different people. Did you notice how I tried to make sure that you weren't partnering with the same person or sitting next to the person, but actually having you work with different people? So it's a social, interconnected kind of uh, um, a space where you're not tied to a routine, but you're creating more freedom in the way that you view things. Uh, Teaching kids to laugh with each other and not at each other is a huge one, too, as a teacher. You want to keep things simple, dynamic, and really fun and flowing. And you want to keep examples short if you are going to give examples. But remember, just like in adult classes where we're not really doing a demoing of the pose unless we're workshopping it, we're just present. And so we're pretty much practicing with the kids doing the fun stuff and kind of keeping everybody focused uh, and guiding them into the spaces. Teach simple to complicated poses and it's not about contortions, it's a science of the body So there's a purpose to every movement as we work into the subtle layers and the chakras and the nadis. We're not saying that, but we're just making sure that you're not just like doing a contortion and saying like, hey, look at me. But we're allowing kids to emphasize the novelty of play and be resilient emotionally and physically, but not perfect. We're just trying to find balance and steadiness and ease in our life. Remember that because you are storytelling, use a lot of themes or um, convey interesting ways to find um, uh, expressions for the playful movement that they're doing. When we turn to 57, we want to remember that because children's bodies are fragile and always growing, we're not forcing things. We're becoming things. And we're allowing room for improvement and growth. Uh, when we teach classes we want to make sure we have like a liability waiver or something like that and it's dangerous to do any physical exercise obviously with gum so almost like as if you're going to a pool make sure that they don't have candy or food and that they are able to try to practice um, a couple uh, hours after a eating, but sometimes it's not that way. And so maybe start off with a relaxation thing to lead them into it. And then the place, the time, the food, the tools, the cleanliness, and all of that stuff, that makes a lot of sense. Um, We don't really need to discuss that. But timing, we want to make sure that we give three to five deep breaths with each pose so that we're slow. We're not the hare that's trying to just race to the end of the finish line, but we're the tortoise where we really start to integrate and slowly let the child evolve into their balanced state of being. We want to talk about hydration and how water is so important, so they're welcome to stop and take a break for water. Um, That the breathing isn't to be held, but we're creating those rhythmic responses for sensory integration. And with a yogic mind, we want to teach kids to be really alert and attentive, so, just like that game that we played, we were alert and attentive, but we were also playful. And that's really huge. When we start going through the postures and all of the fun stuff, we did all of the flashcards the other day. There's songs that you can do, there's all kinds of different things that you can do to talk about um, games. Um, when we did the sun salutation yesterday, we tried doing like numbers and breath and creating a new language. Just like the sun salutation, we're, as teachers, creating energy for an experience, right? And we're teaching ways for the kids to shine brightness from their heart and shine a light from their soul. And um, we're enhancing, improving, and cleansing, and invigorating But we're also allowing kids to become more aware of themselves. When we start going through on page (coughs) 60, when we start going through like all of the outline and class examples, I started giving you outlines and class examples from TOTS to um, all the way up. So, with TOTS, a fun thing to do with props is to make obstacle courses. So, you could take the props that you have in a room and literally make an obstacle course. You could take the flashcards and put it at the point of each obstacle course, so they have to do a pose when they're like standing on a block. Or they're walking, and they have to walk a, a straight line, so you have maybe a tie or a piece of rope out. And then you have them, at the end of that, do a pose. So they have to do a hero pose at the end of that. And then there's all kinds of games and themes. And story ideas, where you could do a jungle safari, you could um, go to the zoo, the farm, the circus, you could go and do an ocean theme or a bee at the farm, a uh, turtle in the hare. You could do musical chairs. You could do "Follow the Leader," going on a magic carpet ride. You could be a pirate. What is a pirate's favorite letter? Arr. No, C. <laughs> gotcha. You could do story add-on examples where you do a pose and a story where it's totally non-sequitous, where as the kids get older, you can go around the circle and they can say their favorite pose and then make a story about it like you when you're at camp and you're doing campfire stuff. Another thing that's good is you can do A through Z in alphabet class. Um, for X... There is a male yak, which is called a xantis, or an a, 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 uh, yeah, an axant, I don't know if you know how to pronounce it, but yeah, if anybody has a good x one, that would be a good one to know, but you could literally do an alphabet class, and then you're teaching the alphabet, if you're like a pre-K teacher, you're teaching the alphabet, and you're teaching yoga. On page 63... It goes pose, storyline, where you have a mountain story. Then we go into Tiny Seed. Then we start getting into, on page 68, where you can take books from the library and start making yoga poses from that, like Mushroom in the Rain by Mira Ginsburg or Mitten in the Snow. Um, One thing that I really like is going on a bear hunt. So that's a really fun camp song that you can turn into a whole yoga pose. What I would love to do with all of you on page 72 is Hickory Dickory Dock. Want to try Hickory Dickory Dock? Proprioception is a really huge thing for kids to be safe in space. So um, it's a wonderful warm up to do for sandwich pose. And then um, it teaches you all about the Hickory Dickory Dock song, which I didn't know all the words. So we'll start off and you can do uh, swiping. Hickory dickory dock. The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one. Uh, The mouse ran down. That's boring, but you're just swiping your legs like sandwich pose. Okay? And then let's say we're going to pinch it. Pinch your legs. Uh, Hickory dickory dock. The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck two. And the down, he flew. Right? So then, say you go pat, and you're going to tap your legs with closed fists. And you're doing sandwich pose, but you're singing Hickory Dickory Dock. So you're getting the gist of it. It becomes this really great way to wake up. But also, every time I say to a five-year-old, touch your toes, whether it's in monkey pose or sandwich pose, the first thing they say (coughs) is, ow makes me want to cry. But it's our birthright to be free and flexible, and once our hamstrings start getting tight, we know that our mind starts getting tight. So we want to keep that flexibility and that freedom through our entire lives. Yeah. All right. The next page that kind of got inserted into your manual after that fun little hickory dickory dock thing is to think of the Adventures of Super Stretch class for teenagers. With teenagers, we teach them almost like adults, but a lot of times with teenagers, you're going maybe into school because they're not coming to a yoga facility. So I always like to tell people to sit in a circle where you're really kind of engaging with them and saying, hello, my name is, and then maybe talk about like, their favorite music and they get to say what their favorite music is or what's really bugging them for today. And then you're trying to keep your class sequences real and try something in every new class where you're setting an intention, you're doing a breath exercise, and then you have your poses. And same way as your class format for the Adventures of Super Stretch, the way that it's laid out, you're integrating a lot of stuff. But with teenagers, you're trying to get them out of their heads and into their hearts. So you can focus on like chair yoga or using yoga with props. A round-robin class where they become the teacher. Uh, they can pick their own pose from the flashcard deck, like they can choose their favorite pose. Partner yoga works really well if the kids can, are able to touch at the facility you go into. And you always want to end class with a visualization because that really helps to tie in your class theme. And the visualization really helps the the teenagers learn how to calm the monkey mind. And then I give you 17 different examples of how to really kind of um, let go and tie in the theme of interconnectedness. What makes you relax? What makes you stressed out? Talk about the Sanskrit word of satya and then use that as part of your practice and finding truthfulness. Um, What is self-discovery? How we wear all kinds of different hats and then maybe bring in different hats and everybody explain what a hat is. How to have a calm heart or why is it important to breathe? Um, Doing doing a cotton ball exercise where you're doing trust and talk about like um, maybe even um, how you're doing today, or sometimes tuning into your own radio station, or what's your favorite food, and talking about being a connoisseur of the breath. What kind of breath do you take? How do you really like engage with it? And these are just some ideas that I pulled out of my bum holio, but you're working with all of these amazing ways to teach kids how to break free, right? So the 17th one is to be a butterfly. How do you break free of your cocoon and your preconceptions and pressures and allow yourself to just be in trust and transform? You can use these themes and concepts, whether it's an adult or a kid or a teenager, but they just give you some ideas. Then we go into some six-week class breakdown ideas, partner yoga suggestions. What I wanted to kind of focus on is page 77, Gives you some ideas for exercises and games. Um, we did uh, the Pinky Trust Walk yesterday, and we also yesterday practiced the trees in a forest where we try to throw off the person who's doing tree and being really mindful and solid in their standing in their truth and balancing. And then we tried to get them to kind of like lose that focus and perspective. And then Those are just different, interesting games, but back-to-back things, a ball passing, do you hear what I hear, um, freeze dance, playing music and turning on and off the music and doing dance parties are really good because that's that Kundalini practice of releasing. Uh, Musical chairs, where you're using actually mats. I love the game where you're mirroring each other so you pretend you're pantomiming and you're just facing each other and you have to follow that person without talking. Um, uh, Swami says is if you're really into being a yogi and you're at a yoga studio and you can be the Swami and then it's like Simon says, but each kid gets a turn to do that. Uh, you can get like a classic Jenga game and add a twist and combines uh, the mental and physical skill while you're practicing. There's all kinds of games that you can do. Those are just some ideas. Another thing that's kind of interesting is that when you do do like a summer camp or you do do like a practice where you have the kids for an hour but you know that they're only going to be able to practice for like a half hour, 45 minutes, then I always have art project ideas. At the back of your manual, you have coloring sheets that you can print, um, one of them is a mandala. Playing music and having a mandala is a great way to have a mind-body connection where you're really focused on things and you're just drawing, listening to music, and that becomes a mindful art project and meditation. You can do um, crossword puzzles or word finders that relate to yoga. That's an art project. You can make a dream catcher. You can make a bird feeder. You can make paper flowers. You can tie-dye shirts. You can do all kinds of interesting things. One thing I really like to do with kids, if you have an outdoor area, is to have them lay down in tree pose and draw their tree pose with chalk. And then they get to see what their pose looks like down on the ground. That's kind of a fun thing. So you can do chalk art. Um, A lot of times I've had kids draw a surfboard, and then we practice on the surfboard, and the whole theme is surfing. That's a really fun one for kids because then you, like, practice jumping up into hero poses from, like, child's pose, and it's very invigorating. But you've also drawn the ocean, and then they can think of fun animals to do. 79 and 80 goes into your hour-long family yoga class. And then we start talking about um, mindful meditation. So let's take a little bit of a standing break for a second.